Hey everyone, this is Ryan from Athix Fitness, and you are listening to Season 2 of the Athix Approach Podcast, the podcast where we highlight inspirational vegan athletes and what they do to absolutely kill it on a plant-based diet. If you haven't already, it would really help out if you subscribed to, liked, commented, and or shared any of the content I'm producing, including this podcast, Athix Coaching Services, articles and training programs available on athixfitness.com, videos on YouTube, and more. Links for those will be in the description, and I truly appreciate everyone listening for all of the continued love and support. In this episode, Jen Morgan joins me to talk all about her experiences as a competitive vegan strongwoman athlete in the Masters 132 and 148 pound weight classes. Strongman is a competition that includes a variety of events where the goal is to demonstrate the highest feat of strength possible on a particular movement to beat out other competitors in the weight class. You may have heard of the World's Strongest Man or World's Strongest Woman competition, which is one of the most renowned competitions in the strongman universe and includes such athletes as Donna Moore, Andrea Thompson, Olga Lyashuk, and I may have just butchered that name, Eddie Hall, Brian Shaw, and Hafthor Bjornsson, otherwise known by his role as the Mountain in the popular Game of Thrones series. Although the specific events in strongman competitions always change a bit, some staples that frequently appear include some variety of deadlifts, squats, lifting stones, log or axle press, farmer's carries or yoke walks, vehicle pulls, keg toss, and tire flips, for example. Jen walks me through the basics of what entails these competitions, how she trains for them, what got her into them, the strongman community in general, her reasons for going vegan, her experiences training for strongman and powerlifting as a vegan athlete, and much, much more. Jen is insanely, mind-blowingly strong, and it was super interesting hearing all about these things during our conversation. Jen can be found on social media at underscore jacked underscore Jenny underscore. So three underscores in there. I really hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed our chat. And thank you so much again to Jen for coming on. What's up, guys? This is Ryan with the Athix Approach Podcast, and I am here today with Jen Morgan. Um, Jen is a strong woman. Uh, she competes in strongman competitions. We were just talking about how it's uh, it's a weird little uh, explanation there about the sport versus the competitor. <laughs> The title, at least. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jen, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day and everything. I know you just got done picking up your daughter from oboe practice, you said. Um, so, first of all, you thank welcome. you. You're welcome. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Um, oh, yeah, thank you so much. Um, so, do you want to do a quick little intro for yourself about, like, you know, who you are, what you do? Just quick overview if you sure. had to give, like, the <laughs> elevator pitch, you know? Sure. So my name is Jenny and I have been competing as a strong woman for the past um, three or four years now. Um, I've been vegan for 14 years and I live in the Midwest where it's always cold and rainy. Um, and that's about it. I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for 23 years and I have a 14 year old daughter who's also vegan. She's been vegan since she was seven um, and she went vegan by choice. So... Mm-hmm we're all, we're a vegan family. Her, her dad is also vegan. Her dad's, um, mm-hmm. fiance and her dad's fiance's daughter. So that's me in a mm-hmm. nutshell. Um, strong man has been my passion for the past few years. Um, I love it because it's just fun. It's, um, I've done a little bit of bodybuilding, 
I've done powerlifting. I used to powerlift competitively. I was always average at it. Um, <laughs> and strongman is where I've kind of found my my real strengths as an athlete and just as a as a person. And it's where I've found my community of people. So there's already just so many questions I have. I want to unpack so much of that. <laughs> uh, first of all, you want to get into um, what what is strongman? If you like what I don't I don't even know really what it is. If you could just summarize it, what what is it? Sure. Yeah, so Strongman is a series of push, pull, carry, and load. That's the first thing I always tell everyone. So mm-hmm. when you go to a strongman competition or a contest or show, um, they're all used interchangeably, you're going to usually do a series of five different events, um, and they will all have some element of strongman. There's usually a deadlift of some sort, and it's not just mm-hmm. a regular deadlift. Um, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's for reps, which is why you'll mm-hmm. see us wearing straps because sometimes grip gives out. Um, there's usually an overhead element like a log press or an axle press, and sometimes it's clean and press away. Sometimes it's clean every rep. I mean, it's that's what's fun about it is that it's different every time. Um, the strongman is the sport where you see people loading the big concrete stones. They're called Atlas stones. Um, farmer holds, farmer carries, yoke walks, um, truck pulls, tire flips, and really anything a promoter wants to come up with as long mm-hmm. as it sort of adheres to those, those five, the push, pull, carry and load. Um, <clears throat> That's basically what strongman is. Yeah. So do you know before you get into the competition what you're training for? Yeah. So I will look at contests and I will decide which ones I would like to compete in and Mm -hmm. I will train specifically for those events. So when I'm training, um, my training looks, uh, well, I want to say it looks, the, the events training looks different every every time I compete because I'm competing based on those events. But the basics mm-hmm. are always the same for my training. So I'm always deadlifting because deadlifting is um, is my jam. I love to deadlift and I'm really good <laughs> at it. So I'm always deadlifting and there's always going to be a deadlift event. Um, and then I'm always doing some sort of overhead press work because there's going to be some sort of overhead press. But the basic mm-hmm. movements that I train during the week are always the same basic movements. And then on the weekends when I'm event training, I'll train the specific events for whatever it is that um, I'm competing for. So, okay. for example, this weekend I'm actually competing in Marion, Illinois, which is um, out by Carbondale for anybody who knows the area. Um, shoot, I, I haven't really been paying attention to what the events are because I'm already qualified mm-hmm. for national, so this is just fun for me. But I know that there's a deadlift ladder, so I okay. think I'm going to be doing three different types of deadlifts all in a row. The last one is going to be for reps. I think there's a stone load, um, and then there's a log press. And I'm, I can't remember what else, but, um, so mm-hmm. I would be training if I were really focused on this contest, I'd be training specifically those events on the weekends. Okay. And then weekdays are just building up my strength for, you know, pressing, pushing, mm-hmm. um, carrying and loading and cardio, of course. 
Right, because it's very cardio-oriented too, right? Yeah, that's the other thing I like about it is that it's not just um, it's not just strength. You have to have the cardio as well. I just like to be a, rel- mm-hmm. a well-rounded athlete, and mm-hmm. so that that does it for me. Right. Some of these events, um, I was I was watching, you know, some strongman competitions and such, and I'm seeing them hit max rep deadlifts on like the uh, like the car deadlifts and such or mm-hmm. whatever they are. Um, and uh, I'm seeing them hitting like sometimes twenty something reps. Yeah, which is like that's that's gonna like burn out your lungs, you know? Yeah, if you're not ready for that. right. So, and it also yeah, it's also strategic because um, you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm tall, so deadlift should be a weakness for me. Um, I mean, it's not really, but it should be. Um, mm-hmm. whereas shorter people, they don't have to, you know, they don't have to go as far. However, mm-hmm. on a loading platform, I'm going to have the advantage because I'm, I'm already taller. So I mm-hmm. like the strategy aspect of strongman as well. There's also the strategy of watching the people go before you. So if the person before me, um, does, um, eight reps on a deadlift, I know mm-hmm. I have to get nine. Um, if the person before me gets two and I'm capable of 12, I'm only going to do three. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't want to burn out on those extra nine reps if I don't have to. Uh-huh. So there's also a lot of strategy involved um, that I didn't really experience in powerlifting, and I like that. I mm-hmm. like the data. I'm very data-driven. Yeah. And yeah, like you were saying with powerlifting, it's like there's literally just three lifts and it's just like, I mean, you don't, there's not much strategy there. You kind of just get in there and like, yeah, you, I guess you could kind of pick your, like finesse your attempts a little bit, but with yeah. strongman, it sounds like you really need to conserve that energy because if you're hitting an all out set of deadlifts, you're going to toast your central nervous right. system for everything else after. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the other, the other thing that's interesting is that when you sign up for a contest, um, if I'm the first person to sign up, that means I go last in the rotation mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I have the benefit now of watching everybody else go. So there's incentive for signing up really early because you get to go last. So I get to watch everybody ahead of me and go, okay, so I only need to get two or yeah. I only need to do whatever it is I need to do. So uh-huh. I know ahead of time. So I have the advantage. So does yeah. that mean that people are scurrying to sign up quickly for these events? Um, it should, but it doesn't always work <laughs> that way. Like I have not signed up for nationals yet, so I'm probably going to be uh-huh. going first um, if I if I go to nationals. Um, uh-huh. But it should. I mean, technically, yeah, it should go that way, but it doesn't <laughs> always go that way. <laughs> okay. So what, uh, what qualifies you to be, um, you know, invited to nationals and everything? Is there certain numbers on specific events or, cause it's all so different for every event, it sounds like, right? Yeah. So you have to win the overall show. So you get points for, okay. um, you get points for every event. You have to mm-hmm. win the overall show. I think they take the top three. Don't quote me on that, but I think they take the top three to nationals. Now this, Sad. This upcoming Saturday, I think I'm the only woman in my weight class, which is 132. Um, okay. So I'll get an invite for the 132 class because um, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm already qualified as a 148, so I'll get to choose what weight class I want to do. It'll probably be 148. So are you cutting down for this? Do you normally compete at 148? Uh, no, I've normally competed at 132. 
Um, but okay. I'm getting awfully tired of having to be lean all the time and uh-huh. having to watch every single thing I eat. So uh-huh. I'm proud. This will probably be my last contest at 132 because I'm I'm almost five nine. So that's very oh, wow. light. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. light for for my height. So I think mm-hmm. 148 is gonna be um, less stressful for me because it's been a very mm-hmm. stressful couple of months leading into this. Um, right. And actually, the last contest I did in December, I didn't make weight. Um, so, which is why I ended up qualifying for 148. But it was so stressful trying to make weight, and I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So this time I will, but um, Nationals I'll probably do 148. So for those who don't know, um, when you say make weight, what are some of the strategies that you would use here to get into your weight class? Well, are you pulling out all the stops here? Like, are you water cutting? Are you like, no, no, okay, no. In fact, that's what I should have done for the December show. Um, but I, to be honest, water cuts kind of scare me because you also have to do a salt load. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm very health conscious, so. Okay. Um, I know plenty of people who do it all the time and they're fine, but I guess I'm just a wimp. So now <laughs> I just, um, you had asked me in the, in the document you shared with me if I track my calories and my macros. That's mm-hmm. what I do. And I've done that for years because I, I enjoy tracking. I know it's not for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. but it works for me. So I track my calories. So I lower my calories and then that stairmaster and I, Ryan, let me tell you, we are we're like this right now. When that stairmaster sees me walk into that gym, it calls. Hey, what's going me. on, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> so I've read many books on that stairmaster over the past couple months, so that's how I'm doing it, and that's also why I want to uh, move up in weight because, <laughs> yeah, Lord help yeah. me, I'm kind of tired of it. Right, that totally makes sense. And part yeah. of the thing with uh, with cutting the weight that you're doing it means that you're going to lose a little bit of strength with that, right? Um. Well, yes and no. Um. You know, I was doing all of this cardio before for the December show that I did. Um. Mm-hmm. I woke up at one thirty five, so I was only three pounds overweight, which really ticked me off. Um. Weighed in at one thirty nine, <laughs> but. Um, I still pulled a 390 deadlift at 130, one, technically 135. So, um, uh-huh. could I have pulled 400 if I hadn't been doing the cardio? Maybe, but I, yeah. I don't think I've lost that much, but also this weekend, the weights aren't going to be that heavy for me. So I'm not really mm-hmm. concerned about it, but technically, mm-hmm. yeah, it could. And I do think once I do a little less cardio, I'm hoping to see my strengths go up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you you got a lot of success so far in that 135 weight class you said, right? And 132. Like, yeah. 132. And you're kind of going to move up and then try to hit bigger numbers in the 148. That's the goal there. Or Yeah, are because you... well, because I'm I'm turning 46 this week. Um and mm-hmm. I've been lifting for a long time and I'm at the very top of my of my strengths, you know, at, uh-huh. at, you get to a point where if you want to get stronger, you have to gain a little bit of weight. So yeah, I think absolutely. I'm like right at the top where I can stay here and just not get much stronger or I can mm-hmm. gain weight and get stronger. Cause I really want to pull, mm-hmm. um, I really want a 405 deadlift. I want to pull four plates. So I don't mm-hmm. think I'm going to do that at 132, but I think in the 140s I can, I can do that. Yeah. And how long have you been lifting for at this, uh, oh, just in general, actually? 
Your whole um, life? No, I mean, I've been an athlete my whole life of some okay. sort. I started mm-hmm. lifting um, the baby weights in my early 30s, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe late 20s, early 30s, and then powerlifting in my mid-30s and then mid to late 30s. And then I've been mm-hmm. doing this for three or four years. Lifting really heavy, as heavy as I can, I would say... Um, Eight or nine years, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I've always been doing, you know, something. I used to do the, yeah. like the step classes and the, you know, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. um, the group strength classes where I'd have, oops, sorry, 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 where I'd have like <laughs> my okay. 15 pound weights and I would be doing, I started off with, um, I started off with two and a half pound dumbbells when I started oh, wow, lifting. Okay. Um, so I started from really nothing. Um, uh-huh you know, proving that anybody can really get stronger because now I'm old. <laughs> hey, you're never old until you uh you just start giving up, which until you I say think you're that's, old, really. Until you until you really admit it. Yeah, until you just yeah. You, yeah. But uh I know I see you I'm, you're deadlifting 390 and 135 pounds body weight. That is absolutely insane. So that's Thank you. I mean, that's right around 3 times that 3 times body weight. Um it's which close. is Close. <laughs> it's so close. But like that's uh I mean for anyone who doesn't understand, that's like elite levels for sure. That's that's an insane deadlift. Like you do not see that anywhere. Uh Thank you, you will never see that in a commercial gym or anything. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's incredible. Um so that's a great testament that like it's it's never too late to start, it's never too late to be yeah, strong. That's true. It's so awesome. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, so where do you see yourself going, uh, in the next couple years? Do you, you plan to keep competing in strongman at that 148 then? Um, yeah, I think I'll stick around at the 148. Um, the hard part about being a strong woman is that, mm-hmm. um, another re, okay, so another reason I'm moving up is for more competition because there are not a lot of small, I call it the little old lady class because it literally is. It's the, well, almost the smallest. There aren't a lot of masters women, um, uh-huh. who are lightweights to compete against. So, um, so you're I already actually, like at the top by default almost. Yeah. And I don't like that. I want some competition, even if I'm going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another reason. And I'm looking forward to, the next couple of years having some more competition um, mm-hmm. with me because the camaraderie in Strongman just yeah. cannot be beat. Um, so I think that's that's going to be really fun. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and get, get as strong as I can until I see that decline, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully I imagine – no, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say in the sport of strongman, people actually peak in their, they don't peak in their 20s and 30s. They peak around uh-huh. my age or a little bit older. So I still have some time. Really? Okay. Yeah. I would, I find that, um, first of all, that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, I'm used to hearing strength sports, like I hear around 35, 40, they tend to peak a lot. 35, I've, I've heard for a lot of strength sports. And then I've heard for like bodybuilding and such, like maybe 40s ish. Um, but I, I'm thinking about the combination, like the strength endurance aspect of strongman and hearing you say, you know, 45 ish, that's, that's amazing. Cause I would have thought, 
I would have thought that would be a sport where I would normally hear like 35-ish based on what I've heard for, you know, powerlifting and such. I mean, I guess I didn't compete when I was that age, so I, I can't really speak for um, that level. But I know uh-huh. that the Masters Strong men um, get very, very competitive in their 40s. And I know, I guess in their oh, 50s, wow. that's when they start... Um, <clears throat> the, you know the the old decline a little bit, but, <laughs> but I think hey, that's right why there's need to be. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like you're at the top of your game, and that's why there's um there's several masters divisions, right? There's masters one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um I think there are I think there are there's a fifty plus. So mm-hmm. I'll be a masters athlete, and then I'll be masters fifty plus, where I'll be competing against myself. No, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. So we're always trying to get more women into the sport um, yeah. because it's such a male-dominated sport. Um, and right, we want right. people to compete against. Um, but, uh, you know, it can be intimidating for women. I was very mm-hmm. intimidated by the strongman crew that was at my old gym um, because – you know, it's kind of scary. They're working with yeah, these giants. Yeah, they are. And they don't, um, when they get in the zone and you don't know them, they don't feel scary. very welcoming um, because they're too focused. Not too focused, but they're yeah. focused. So yeah. I was, yeah, I was afraid of that until my coach actually invited me to train with them. And I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I don't have a powerlifting team anymore. Um, so let's do it. I don't know what any of this is, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it was the best decision I ever made. I don't see myself doing a, I mean, maybe I'll, you know, get into, um, acrobatics or something when I'm in my sixties, you know, little old lady stuff, but <laughs> I, <love laughs> I don't that. see that myself doing something different. You yeah, have to, yeah. you know, the older you get, you gotta, you, you gotta, gotta find, you have to adapt and you have to do what brings you joy. And, um, yeah. while this brings me joy, that's what I'm going to do for sure. I love that. <laughs> so you're. There's a couple things I wanted to touch on there. So first of all, your powerlifting coach is who kind of got you into strongman? No, my strongman coach did. Um, the powerlifting, oh, okay. yeah, the powerlifting journey is kind of a weird one. Um, mm-hmm. but the, in the powerlifting community, um, it often gets kind of messy. And so the powerlifting team sort of disbanded itself and I was left at my, well, I wasn't left, but I stayed at my gym and they all kind of left. Um, and there was still kind of a very small strongman team there. My coach mm-hmm. was new to coaching strongman, at least at my, at that gym. Um, and mm-hmm. he sort of invited me in and I was like, well, I kind of need a new family. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so here we are. And what ended up happening is, um, we, we left that gym and we ended up, training at my house. So now in mm-hmm. the summer months, um, if you look at my Instagram, that's my, that's my garage. The garage gym. Um, yeah. yeah so we train here and it's just so much fun, but we're yeah. not here during the winter because I don't have heat, but we'll be hopefully my coach would like to find a permanent home, but he'll be the first to tell you that I don't, I want to stay here cause I love training at my house. <laughs> Do you have a, who do you train with at your house? Just by yourself or do you bring anyone over? No, the whole team comes here in the summer. What? Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a blast. 
It's oh my god, it's so much fun. <laughs> it's so much are fun. Are you like uh are you like barbecuing uh some veggie burgers up for them and stuff? Oh god no, but sometimes I'll bring out treats. I do like to bring out the treats. Um my daughter okay, one year the... sold banana bread, but yeah. Oh nice. <laughs> you break you break out the tasty vegan desserts and uh, get them all Heck to go yeah. vegan. <laughs> Heck yeah, God I wish. Try getting a group yeah. of giant strong men to go vegan. It's harder I than was... it sounds. I was gonna say, yeah, that's, uh, that's something I really want to talk about with, uh, when we get over to, like, the vegan aspects. But, um, let's, uh, let's close out the, uh, the strongman section here. Yeah. What do you think? Sure. Do, do you think that, um, having a, a good gym and a support team and such is, is, uh, is really important for a sport like strongman? It sounds like you do. Like, it's yeah, a key, well, first... almost like a key. Yeah, because for strongman, all the equipment is specialized, so you really need okay. to have the equipment. Um, <clears throat> I train by myself during the week. I only train with my team one day a week, which I love. I love training by myself. Um, but, yeah, uh-huh. you have to have the specialized equipment, and you have to have the space for it, and that's one of the problems in finding a strongman gym. Um, we're outside. You know, we'll go across the street to the to the elementary school, um, because mm-hmm. we're tossing sandbags, we're, yeah. we've got yokes, we're pulling trucks. Um, so you have to have the space. As for the team and the community, yeah, I do feel like, I mean, I know there are people who train on their own and that's awesome, mm-hmm. but I think it really, really helps to have a team around you who knows what they're doing and supports you because in Strongman, um, you cheer everyone on, even your competition. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. So it's really nice to have that support system for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, my only experience is, uh, I've done, I trained at a powerlifting meet for, or I trained at a powerlifting gym for a long time and I did one powerlifting meet. But my experience is that everyone was just so damn supportive and it made you really fall in love with doing that. Yeah. It sure does. Doesn't it? Yeah. So, and also like there's that sense of camaraderie there. It's like, it's like that, um, that friendly competition that really drives mm-hmm. you to like push yourself too, you know? So yeah, it really does. Um, I have a, there's a woman on my strongman team with me and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll always be like, well, what did she do on this? Okay. So I have to get, yeah. you know, I have to get X amount more, you know, we can, you yeah, know, yeah, we yeah. compete in a friendly way with one another. I'll even compete with the men, especially in a grip event. Don't get me started on grip. If you're if you're a man, I still want to outgrip you. It does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. That's, yeah. that's insane. So I'll compete against um, them for grip for sure. That's that's crazy. Yeah, uh, 135 pounds, and you're just you're still keeping up with them. That's amazing. Yeah, I gotta try. Yeah, um, you kind of touched on it a little bit. But what really drew you into strongman specifically? Considering that you, like you said, it is super. Uh, intimidating at first and not normally a sport where a lot of uh women find their way to Mm -hmm. um i liked that it was different i liked Mm -hmm. that it's ever-changing because you're not doing the same the same lifts or the same events every week um but i think really the answer is that i am a person that continually needs to be challenged in all ways in all areas of my life. Um, and strongman is always challenging me, um, in so many, so many different ways. And, and it's always new because every contest is different. Um, and when you show up to a contest, 
it might even be different from what was listed in originally. The you, know, description. They might, you might show up and they're like, okay, so we were going to do a log press, but we couldn't find enough logs, so we're doing axle press, you know? Um, I Which... like that about it. It's still similar enough, but it's still a different movement to an extent, and it's like throws everybody yeah. off. It's okay. still a press. I'm like, okay, well, I haven't axle pressed in a year, but here we go. And it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's just fun. Everybody has a great time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, what were some of your, um, I guess, some of your competitions that you've done, as well as maybe some of your favorite or objectively best feats of strength in competition? Or mm-hmm. just even in the gym at that rate, really? Yeah, well, obviously my 390 deadlift, that was just December 5th. Mm-hmm. So I'm st- like, I, um, oh, wow. was just high over that. That was yeah, my biggest just a accomplishment. Ago. Yeah, that was just in December. Jeez. And then, and that um, wasn't, that wasn't competition, right? That was, uh, in training it was. or? No, oh, it was, wow. yeah, it was at a contest. Yeah, in front of a bunch of people. And I opened up when I was a power lifter, I used to open up mm-hmm. at three, three thirty. Well, when I was, you know, at the top of my powerlifting game. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I opened at three sixty and then Ooh, just wow. that alone, I was like, Big like difference. it was crazy to me. And then I went to three seventy and then three ninety. Um, and then at that same contest, I won a national record for farmers hold. Um, and that's my second national record for farmer hold. So I now own the records for the 132 class and the 148 mm-hmm. class in farmer hold. So those are probably the, the three biggest. Wow. Okay. And the competition yeah. that you just said, the 148, that was when you missed your way in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what happened there, I was going to break my own record, my own farmer hold uh-huh. record. Um, didn't make weight. And I was like, well, that's fine. I'll just break the middleweight record or the second yeah. lightweight record. And um, she's like, okay, but it's 30 pounds per hand heavier. And I was like, oh, God. Um, and I hadn't trained for that, but I, I broke mm-hmm. it anyway. So that was a pretty Damn. that was a pretty cool accomplishment for me. And I had my daughter. That's legendary. It was so great. I had my daughter on the <laughs> platform with me just telling me stories the whole time. She's such a good supporter for me. She talks to me. Um, no idea what she's saying, but she was up there with me mm-hmm. just going on and on. So that's helpful for me. It's kind of how I get in the zone. Those are some insane, insane lifts you can do there. Yeah, it was, it was uh, fun. It was a good time. So you already, are, you sound like you're already almost competitive in the 148 being <laughs> even that much lighter. I hope so. Um, we're going to find out. Um, well, I probably won't find out this weekend, but... Um, you know, if I do nationals, um, we'll find out then. I've got one mm-hmm. friend who I'm very much looking forward to competing against. I even, I messaged mm-hmm. her a couple of days ago. I was like, are you doing 148 at nationals? Um, so she'll be my big competition and I'm really looking forward to competing against her. I said, even if you kick my ass, I just yeah. want to compete against you because I know you're strong. So if I can keep yeah. up with her, then I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. That sounds fun if it's your friend too. Yeah, I mean, I met her through Strongman, so that's how uh-huh. I know her. But yeah, it should okay. be fun. What? Uh, why are you on the fence? It sounds like you're on the fence about doing it, though. Nationals. Um. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of reasons, but one of them Life is stuff. just yeah, like financial reasons. Because I just booked a trip to. Um, I just booked a vacation for the very mm-hmm. week, the very next week after that. 
Um, and then sometimes I just feel exhausted in general. And the thought of doing all of that is like, do I really want to do it? I'll probably end up doing it because nationals is the most fun competition because it's, it's like, it's, you know how when you meet Instagram friends in real life, You've done that yeah. before, presumably. Yeah, uh-huh. It's like yeah. meeting them all at once in the same place. Uh-huh. And it's yeah. literally a giant party where everybody is just cheering everybody on. You see everybody around town, outside of the venue. It's just so mm-hmm. much fun. So when mm-hmm. I think about that aspect, I will probably end up going. Don't tell my coach because he knows I'm on <laughs> <laughs> And uh, strongman is such a, a niche sport, too. It's, yeah. So I imagine you're connected with a lot of other people who are, you know, are very competitive too. Like I yeah. imagine you talk to them regularly, right? All the time. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. In fact, one of them, um, I did a deadlift charity event last weekend. Um, and one of my strong, strong women friends, um, drove four hours to support a couple of other friends of hers, but they didn't show up. So we just mm-hmm. hung out the whole time. She hung out with my daughter, um, she, I mean, she lives four hours away and we, we got to spend mm-hmm. the day just hanging out and chatting and having a great time. It was really fun. It's that a great way to meet people. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome that you found the, uh, that you found your community there. Yeah. You have to find community. That's what I tell people. doesn't matter where. Yeah. Um, so that all sounds, um, awesome. I'm really curious about, uh, what drew you to, to veganism and when did you go vegan and how does oh, it, geez. you know, how, how does eating a plant-based diet work with your training? Like all these aspects, what, what's the history here with why you went vegan in the first place? I don't know why that question is always so hard for me to answer because, um, I, there wasn't like a pinpointing moment for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was just, I was, I was always meant to be vegan because I always growing up, was very empathetic towards um, the plight of animals, towards their suffering. My mom, when I told her I was going vegan, she rolled her eyes and she said, well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, she's been very supportive, by the way. Um, I've just um, always really, really passionately loved all animals, and I uh-huh. have always felt their suffering um, when I've seen it, and it didn't ever matter what kind mm-hmm. of animal it was. Um, and I did live with someone in college who was also vegan before I went vegan. Um, and he used to talk to me about it a lot. So he probably had some influence over me as well. And I think I watched a couple of really, really old documentaries that he made me watch. So that probably lent itself to my veganism. Um, I went awesome. vegetarian when I was 21, which mm-hmm. now looking back, no offense to vegetarians, but what's the point, honestly? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's really, I might as well have been eating steaks, right? I mean, not really, but it's not much better than, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you might, you should just go vegan. Um, and then I agree, one day, but looking, looking back then, I feel like vegetarian back then is the equivalent, uh, like, and how common it was and like the, you know, to veganism now to an extent, because veganism was True. just so unheard of back then. Like, I don't know if anyone was vegan, um, you know, in the nineties and such. I mean, I guess some people, but Moby was, yeah. oh yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Moby's Moby been vegan forever. Yeah. yeah forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, That's you're funny. right. I mean, we did, we tried. And then one mm. day 
uh, I can't remember if it was my ex-husband or if it was me, but one of us said to the other, "Why?" I was, we were standing in our kitchen. Why, why aren't we vegan? Like, why are we, why are we vegetarian and not vegan? And he's like, uh-huh. or whichever one of us was like, that's a good point. And we went vegan that day. Um, the transition for me was very simple, very easy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I ate like, like garbage back then, but I never felt like I yeah. needed to eat anything that had animal products in it. Um, yeah. and as far as training goes, um, <clears throat> that's also been, pretty easy for me too because like I said mm-hmm. I track my macros um I make all of my food for the most part yeah I did recently discover beyond steak it's not like actual steaks it's well they might yeah, make that yeah. too but it's just um like pieces you know like if you wanted to make oh. fajitas or something yeah super oh, okay. super delicious so sometimes I'll add those into my um, into my dinner or whatever, but I make my own seitan. Yum. I make, um, like I make a lot of protein goodies because I have a major sweet tooth. So I make, mm-hmm. um, protein banana bread, cookies, brownies, um, all of that stuff. And I eat all that stuff yeah. pretty regularly. Um, oh, your daughter probably loves you if you're cooking for, for her too. Yeah. Well, I meal prep separately for my daughter. That, like crazy. Yeah, she does. Yeah, I meal prep for her separately, so I've got it all in the freezer for her, ready to go. Um, but yeah, she's lucky. And then I, yeah, she's very, she's very, very lucky. <laughs> uh, and I tell her that all the time, by the way. Um, but yeah, so I do. Um, sometimes I'll do like a no cow bar. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do no a protein shake because I do like to vary it a little bit. But I very like I have like five options for whichever meal. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'll swap them out daily. I plan out my meals the night before. This makes me sound psycho, but I enjoy doing it. Um, you know, I do the same things. So you're preaching to the choir right now. But I know I do, you do. I, <laughs> I do get it though. It's like people like you talk about it and you think about other people's point of view, thinking like, look, you know, hearing this. I know. It does sound I insane. <laughs> it totally does. But I like it, and it's. Um, it's sustainable for me and it works. And you mm-hmm. know what I, you know what I learned when I did that last contest where I broke that record? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't tell my coach this cause he's always telling me I need to eat, make sure I'm eating protein. I went yeah. on a low protein cycle for like eight weeks. Um, How low so are we talking? I mean, I was just going to say low for me is like 115 between, between a hundred, between a hundred and 120 is where okay. I, I stayed. Um, I can get a lot more protein than that if I want to, but I wanted mm-hmm. to see, um, how I would perform on lower protein and to see if it's true that you really don't need as much as people say. And, mm-hmm. um, I did fine. So, yeah. you know, I, I like to have more protein because it satiates me and it, it, I like it, but, um, mm-hmm. I did find that I don't need as much as I thought I did. So. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also experienced the same thing some years ago where I used to always get, you know, more than a gram per pound of body weight because I was mm-hmm. going by the info saying that, you know, like plant-based proteins are a little less bioavailable than animal protein and maybe uh-huh. get like a little more just to be safe. And, you know, the whole number of like a gram per pound of body weight, every bodybuilder slash strength athlete yeah. knows that number. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to get a little more. I'm going to get like, you know, me weighing like 180, 190 pounds. I was getting like 200, 210 grams of protein, even more sometimes. And I cut it back for like slowly. I was like, do I really need this much? Because I just, I like to eat 
carbs, you know, a lot more. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. They're fun. So they are. And like, you know, sometimes it gets, it is a little limit, limiting on a plant-based diet, I think, to, to always think about getting super high protein when you, you're limited on calories. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I mean, yeah, you can eat your, your ton of seitan and like black bean pasta and like, you know, slabs of tofu, but some days I just don't feel like doing that. So I did a little yep. experiment myself. Yeah. And I, I did notice that like, yeah, I don't really, I feel like if I get, fairly low like 140 150 i don't really notice a difference personally no no i don't notice it at all either it's really kind of nice so now i can you know swap out um if i feel like eating oatmeal instead of a protein bar it's not a problem because i love me some oatmeal (laughs) do you ever uh, mix protein powder in the oatmeal i've done it before but it's been a while i am very plain yeah, I'm okay. very plain with my oatmeal. I just do like blueberries because I'm boring, but I love it. Plain oatmeal with blueberries? Yeah, but I use um, I'll use either Walden Farm syrup or I'll use sucralose, oh. which I'm sure somebody's gonna tell me is terrible for me. But um, you know, I have very few vices. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's I I will not be the one to tell you that because I also I'm all about the artificial sweeteners. I see no yep. reason to to not indulge in them. Uh, but that's, that's a whole other thing. There, there definitely is a subset of, especially people who follow a plant-based diet who are very anti-artificial sweeters, as you I know. I know it. Don't I know it? Yeah. Yep. Been a lot of those same people are drinking alcohol and, um, you know, whatever else they do. So whatever. We all yeah. have our vices. My vice is monster energy drinks. Um, that's the pretty much it. I, oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because I quit um, drinking coffee and I quit drinking alcohol three years ago, so uh-huh. I gotta have something. <laughs> Why did you give up the coffee? I actually only gave up the coffee maybe six weeks ago because okay. um, I it, it well I found myself in my classroom. I circulate my classroom the whole class period, which is ninety minutes a class period. And I find myself dizzy and sweating and I get really, really hungry really, really fast. And I just feel terrible. So as soon as I quit, it just all went away. And now I just feel great. You don't get that with monster energy drinks. Um, I think the difference is that when I drink my monster, it's later in the day and I've got more food in me. Um, so uh, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, I feel it, but it doesn't affect me in the same way that coffee does. Cause coffee in the morning wow, on a bowl of okay. cereal is terrible. Yeah. That's so I don't so miss funny. it. <laughs> I get the exact opposite effect with coffee where if I drink coffee in the morning, it kills my appetite for hours and I, I just do not get hungry. What? I've what? heard of a lot of people like that too. Yeah. I wish I it had just, that problem. Were you drinking black coffee or were you drinking, uh, yes, any? Just black. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, the exact opposite reaction for me, which is really funny. It just goes to show how oh. different we all are. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. I wish I had your problem. That would be great. I just drink coffee and then I wouldn't, cause by the time lunch comes around, I'm dying of hunger. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the reason Even without why the coffee. Yeah. That's part of the reason why it's so easy for me to just get really lean because I just, my appetite just is, it, it's shot from drinking coffee. It's, I don't know. Wow. It's a blessing, but uh it's also like, I don't know. It's just so funny to hear how different everyone is. 
It's a blessing and it's a curse. You've probably never seen the show Monk, have you? I always say that nobody. Knows I haven't Monk. seen Monk. No, I haven't. Pete, seen it's it. such no. a great show. Anyway, it's a line from. I've, there. I've heard good things. <laughs> Very good show. So, uh, how, how do you feel? Do you feel like when you're eating a plant-based diet, it really just comes down to macros in terms of like equating everything with uh, progress with someone who's eating an omnivorous diet, maybe? Um, I think that to perform to the best of your ability as an athlete, I do Mm -hmm. think macros are important. And I know, you know, everybody talks, you know, when you're in the vegan groups online, they're like, well, I have, what should my macro split be? I don't know what yours should be. I just know what mine is and what feels Mm -hmm. good for me. Like you said, when you cut back on your protein and added more carbs, you felt good and you liked it. Well, maybe somebody Mm -hmm. else isn't going to feel that way. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I can perform pretty well on a lowish carb diet because I can go pretty high with my protein with all the stuff I make. I can do um, 170. This is a lot of protein. If I wanted to, I could do 160, 170 grams of protein and still stay within 1,700 calories if I wanted. So that oh keeps my, my carbs God. really, really, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to get your recipe. <laughs> I have to get your recipe. Um, that's that's insane. yeah. I'll send you whatever. So, <laughs> but I, you know, I've been performing just fine on lower carbs. Like I've adjusted to it. Um, mm-hmm. I also think that quitting alcohol was absolutely life changing for me in many, many ways. Um, mm-hmm. It improved my performance. Um, I think that's part of why I can go lower carb is just that I'm not drinking. I have boundless energy all the time because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't drink alcohol. Like it literally changes your entire, your entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think has played a role in my performance because when I was powerlifting, I was drinking quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't, you know, I was just an average powerlifter. And now I'm getting more sleep. My nutrition is on point and I don't, and I don't drink alcohol and I do just what I need to do, um, in my training. I don't overtrain, which I think is a mm-hmm. common problem with a lot of people. They think they need to be in the gym seven days a week, no days off. No, you right. need to take days off, especially as a master's athlete, because the older you get, the more time you need to recover. So mm-hmm. I'm only training four days a week tops aside from my cardio binges right now, but that's going to stop soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you touched on a lot of really interesting things there. Um, so one thing that I was just kind of, tr- uh, I wanted to hear your perspective on right there is, do you think that a plant-based diet has any disadvantages compared to a, an animal, like a, a diet including animal products? Do you think that it, it just comes down to maybe getting your macros and calories right? Or do you think there's anything else in there that could be accounted for that could maybe help someone on a plant-based diet? I mean, I think people who are not vegan will tell you that you're going to be well, you know, you hear it all the time, protein deficient, which we know is not the case. Um, and then they uh-huh. say you need, you're missing B12. Well, I just take a B12 supplement. Um, exactly. But protein, carbs, and fat, period. I don't, I mean, I would love for somebody to tell me that I am not an, as I'm not a good athlete or that I'm not healthy or that, mm-hmm. 
I'm deficient in some area because of what I eat. Are there vegans mm. out there who are deficient? Of course. Are there yeah. meat eaters who are out there who are deficient? Absolutely. Also, mm-hmm. so you can have a soapbox here. Also, um, I always want to know if these people who ask me, are, are you getting enough protein? Do they know how much protein they're getting or... Good you know, point. I mean, I get Good asked point. by random people all the time, do you get enough protein? Well, how much protein do you get? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, then why are you asking me? Maybe concern yourself yeah. with your own. So anyway, back to your question. Um, no, I truly do not. I mean, I've been doing this for 14 years. And mm-hmm. in that 14 years, I have built literally all of my muscle um, because I didn't start working out um, until yeah. after I was vegan. Um, so none of my, none of my strength accomplishments, um, are, are pre-vegan, not a single mm-hmm. one. Um, I mean, That's except amazing. for when I was a kid. Yeah. So no, I don't think so. And then you could always make the argument, well, if you ate meat, you'd be stronger. Okay. Well, if I got on steroids, I would also be stronger. Or if mm-hmm. I gained 50 pounds, I would be stronger. I mean, what's your point? Mm-hmm. You know, so you'd always say that about something. One thing that I think is really interesting is how small of a percentage the world is that's (laughs) vegan. It's very, very small. And to be honest, there's a lot of athletes relatively that are actually, you know, following a plant-based diet that are doing great. And if you, if you take into account how small the population, the population is actually vegan, it's pretty crazy. Like you hear about. I agree. Yeah. Like there's athletes at every in every almost every sport that are uh, plant based like at the very top and you think about how little number that is overall in the whole population and it's it's pretty impressive if you, if you can break it down by that but there's always people who are like oh there's no good vegan athletes and it's like there's literally like teams of uh, you know football yeah. players who are all plant based and stuff there's powerlifters yeah. at the very top who are plant based like if you look into it there's do you, there's like no evidence to ever believe that someone following a plant-based diet wouldn't be uh, just as good as someone who, right. you know, there's, it just doesn't really, um, you just don't see it. No. And look at Robert Cheek. He's been vegan for what, like 30 years? Yeah. Look at that guy. He's like jacked and he's a very successful athlete, very healthy. That's so, so funny you mentioned him because he. I've been talking to him about coming on in uh, in March to the podcast. Oh, that would be awesome! So, you absolutely have to have him on. I know. I want to hear his perspective so bad for someone who's been vegan for so long. You know. Yes. Yeah, I definitely want to hear that. You definitely need to have him on. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny you mentioned him. But yeah, it goes to show, like, yeah, veganism is easier than ever now, like compared to thirty years ago. I mean. You've, uh-huh. you've been vegetarian for a long time. You like you can even relate, like you know, to Furky and stuff all the way back then. Did that even ex- exist? Maybe, um, but no, it didn't. But we had Morning Star burgers, which are terrible, by oh. the way. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. But um, yeah, hey. the old school Morning Star burgers. Um, that's what we pretty much subsisted on, and my ex husband would make like um, BLTs with some um, some old school fake bacon brand that I, that tasted mm-hmm. like, it just tasted like salt. basically. <laughs> but you know what? We powered through it and we made it. And now I cook, I, you know, part of why I cook so much, um, this slight tangent, but, um, is okay. to prove, to prove to people that you can eat beautiful food. Um, mm-hmm. but I also cook for my daughter because 
I, one of my goals is for her to never ever feel like she's missing out and to never feel like she needs to start eating, um, meat, eggs, dairy, any of that. I, and I want her to feel comfortable in her decision. Like, Oh, I'm not missing mm-hmm. anything. And that's how she feels because she eats so much great food. Yeah. You're a role model. I mean, you lift crazy amounts of weight. You're ridiculously strong. Your cardiovascular system is better than everybody else. And you're, yeah. And you're healthy, obviously mm-hmm. you're a great cook. So you're showing everyone that you can be fit and you can eat amazing food on a plant-based diet. How much that's better my goal. that possibly be? <laughs> yeah, that's my goal. That's my life goal. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And I love to if, feed um, people treats for that reason too, because then they're like, this is vegan? Yeah, it's just food, but yes, it's vegan. Yeah, so when you would like bring, uh, food out to the, uh, you know, like your, your strongman friends and strongwomen friends who could, you come over to work out in your garage and such, like, they're, they're impressed or do they have anything to say about, um, being vegan I mean, in general? <laughs> um, no, they don't really, they don't really comment on that. I, I think at this mm-hmm. point I've established myself at, like, they don't question me. They don't, they don't, um, they're, they're all cool about it. They don't give me crap about it. Um, but they also don't question my choice because my, mm-hmm. because they, they see, how hard I work and they see that I'm successful. So none of them are ever going to say to anybody, you can't be vegan and be an athlete. They all know. Um, they're not switching, but, but, um, they at least accept Mm -hmm. it, you know? So that's, and the first step is, uh, education, right? Like the first step is just showing people that it can be done. And then it's a slow process, unfortunately, but there's more and more plant-based options. People are eating more and more plant-based, and people are yeah. accepting that it's probably the way to go. You know, all these people are like, uh, I guess I should do it. <laughs> yeah, dang it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But as long as uh, all you know, the whole population is slowly adding a little bit more, that's still a big difference to killing less animals, which is, I in agree. my opinion, great. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, I don't want to take too much up of your time here. Uh, there's a couple more little things, uh, a couple of questions I have on here that I still wanted to ask you. Sure. Um, so if you had to suggest anything for, uh, an athlete, um, who maybe wanted to switch to a plant-based diet, what advice would you give them to, to maintain their athletic performance and just have like a smooth transition over to eating plant-based? Oof. Um, start simple. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say that you need to transition slowly and if that's what it, what works for you, then do that. Um, yeah. personally, I found it easier to just go cold turkey. Um, do your research. Um, find, find someone who you respect in the vegan community. It's very easy to find these people online. Um, anybody who's watching now, when you, when you release this podcast can DM me. Um, I'll give out my Instagram. Um, and I can, I always like to guide people to several blogs that are very easy. I like the easy mm-hmm. recipes to get people started that are delicious, um, that they can go back to over and over again. So find, um, find easy cookbooks, easy recipes and reach out to vegan athletes or other vegans that you are aware of. Um, start following vegans on social media. There are so many amazing ones out there, including you, um, who people can oh, follow <laughs> to get, you're welcome, 
to get good advice from and to steer you in the right direction. And also remember that you're not going to lose strength when you go vegan. Um, as long as you are educating yourself, you don't go vegan and then automatically go weak and pale. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. not how it works. So that, I think that would be my advice and stick to like, um, stick to, if you're nervous about it, just a couple of different, um, bloggers or recipe books, just stick with that for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. the ones that, that are going to be good, um, then start branching out. You don't need to buy the packaged processed foods. If you want to go for it, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to do that. You can cook it all or you can go the packaged food route. Nobody cares. Oh, people care, but (laughs) ignore them. (laughs) People care, but they don't matter. (laughs) <laughs> they don't matter. The people that, that care do not matter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, would you recommend maybe that they track calories or macros or do you think, do you think that's maybe overkill? It's such a hard one. I would say first going vegan, no, I would absolutely mm-hmm. not because I feel like that's mm-hmm. just adding an additional element of complication to um, something that might already be daunting. If you're already used to tracking your calories and macros, maybe, but I would mm-hmm. say at first just focus maybe on simple transitions, simple switches. Um, sure. Join, uh, there's a group on Facebook called Vegan Bodybuilding and Nutrition, um, mm-hmm. and it has really good resources in its files. Um, that, that, I mean, spreadsheets, I'm talking like tons of spreadsheets, science-based research that is really accessible. Um, so that would also be a good place to, to go. Oh, that's great info. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I actually created one of those. I forgot about this. I created one of the uh, spreadsheets in that group. Um, it's mm-hmm. a spreadsheet with swaps. So if you need. Oh, that's cool. I haven't looked like at it in so many years. Like chicken for Satan or something. Um, I think it was like in your. It has like fats, protein, and carbs, all with roughly the same amount of carbs and calories. So um, this column is all, let's say, a hundred calorie or a hundred grams of protein or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it's. And then it would say X grams of seitan equals that many, many grams of protein. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, it's a, it's a handy spreadsheet. So you can kind of mix and match. That would be a good place to go. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and then just one last question for you. Uh-huh. Um, if you had to give anyone advice for getting into strong man or strong woman, um, what recommendations would you give for that? Um, that's a really good question because I feel like I just fell into it. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you would have to find a strongman gym. That is the number one thing. And know that you might have to drive. Right now, I drive 30 minutes every Sunday to the gym we're training at. People drive farther than that on a regular basis, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So you find a strongman gym, reach out to that gym, and ask them if they have a team. Um, and that team will... welcome you into their fold, um, and they will teach you the basics. So I would say that's where you need to start for sure. And obviously there are resources online, but I would just start by Googling strongman gym. Um, Also Google powerlifting gyms. Call them up and see if they have have strongman equipment there because a lot of powerlifting Mm -hmm. gyms have that equipment too. They might even have a team as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I have noticed that. 
Um, it seems like they're pretty intertwined to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both so, so niche, you know, it, it feels like, uh, blending over is a nice way to kind of blend these two communities who are just super yeah. serious about getting stronger. <laughs> we all just like to lift very heavy things because it's yeah. fun. <laughs> it's, it boils down to that. <laughs> it sure does. Find something that's fun. Find what you love, but try strongman first. Cause then you're going to love it. <laughs> hey, that's actually a great closing statement. And, uh, I love that. So, um, Jen, where can people find you on, uh, social media or just wherever? Yeah, so my Instagram is underscore jacked underscore Jenny underscore. Mm-hmm. Underscore jacked so two, underscore Jenny underscore. Yeah, it got complicated because my account got hacked. Three underscores. Oh. Yeah, my first account got hacked, so I had to kind of change it up. But, yeah, that's that's my Instagram. Feel free to oh, damn damn hackers. reach out. I know. It was devastating. I lost over 2,000 posts. Oh, and two thousand no. over two thousand followers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but whatever. That's, it's fine. Yeah, that's so much history though. It's probably I know. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I survived it, but yeah, that's my yeah. new account. So um feel free to reach out to me there. I love talking about strongman, I love talking about nutrition, veganism, all of that stuff. So um anybody should feel free to reach out for any of those reasons. Awesome. That's so nice of you. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, Thanks and, for having uh, me on. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like this is a lot of really great info, and it's great to talk to someone who's just in you know a very competitive uh, vegan strong woman. It's such so, a niche thing. So very excited to talk to you about all this. Awesome. It was fun. Ha- it was fun being on here with you. Thanks for having me. It was really a pleasure. Cool. Thank you, Jen. Have a good night. You're welcome. You too. Bye, Ryan. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Athex Approach Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, it would mean a ton if you gave the podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Player FM, Pinecast, or any other service you're listening to it on. And if you subscribe to the Athex Fitness YouTube channel, Instagram page, Twitter, and Facebook page. Feel free to check out the articles, training, and nutrition programs, coaching services, and merch on athixfitness.com. And if you like what I'm making, dropping a like, commenting, and sharing would mean a ton to me. Thank you so much again, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.